Our scripture reading for this morning will be Psalm 100, and I'll be reading from the King James Version. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. How many of you all like football? (laughs) You can whoop it a little bit. Give me a whoop. (laughs) Because I know some of you are not only fans, but some of you are passionate about football. Am I right? (laughs) <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, you know how about baseball? Baseball is pretty good too, huh? Basketball, that kind of stuff. You know what? I got a confession to make. I couldn't care less <laughs> about any of those things. <laughs> I got it. You know, I know it's. I know it's a. It's a ding against my manhood, I guess, but. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I don't mind going to football games because, you know, there's hot dogs and, uh, uh, and, you know, a lot of people that I can hang around with. And you get to be loud, which is uh, kind of fun uh, and good for me to have a venue where that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but in general, I, you know, I don't know who's playing or what's going on. I, I fake it really well, and so I'm kind of giving myself away here. I can usually just start off a con- You know, with someone who's really into football, I can just go, man, did you see that game last night? And they'll take over the conversation at that point, and I can just, you know, I can go, yeah. <laughs> I think Notre Dame will go all the way this year, don't you? Well, I don't know. Just things, I've picked things up over the years, but uh, you know, I really have no interest whatsoever. Is the Super Bowl coming up? Oh, I didn't know that. Good to know. Good to know. A, a day for chili. But you know what? I don't understand. People are passionate about football. Pastor Tim in, uh, in Seattle, another one who confounds uh, stereotypes, you know, openly gay pastor, loves football, hates shopping. And uh, clothes shopping, loves football, blowing away all those stereotypes. And in fact, he won't let me come. He won't come to our Super Bowl parties because I won't pay attention. I won't let him pay attention to the game. Because uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all about the food or whatever's going on there. So, uh, you know, I'm not. He won't come to our parties anymore around the S- Super Bowl unless I promise to just sit there and watch the game, which is no fun at all, really. The halftime show is kind of what I'm looking for. And people get just really passionate about football. Imagine, if you will, if we approached worship the way some people approached sports. You know, if we had those big foamy fingers, right? When the sermon's really good, yeah! (laughs) All right, on! Amen! You know, big foamy finger that says amen. Amen! Right? Imagine if we had like a group of men over here that stripped off their shirts and they were all painted up with a big cross and they, you know, wiggling around. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> right? Right? Imagine during the call to worship, we did the wave. 
<laughs> right? That's some passionate worship. <laughs> you know, imagine all of us screaming at the, you know, when someone says, well, you know, we've been praying for a job. And uh, Gary Felker finally found a job. And we went, yeah! Right on! <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Go team! <laughs> Touchdown! Another one for the Lord! <laughs> but what if we had a scoreboard? <laughs> so, you know, 30 answers, uh, 30 prayers answered, unanswered, zero. We're winning! <laughs> it's here one for the home team. But sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes our approach to worship is more like the sport I was into, the chess club. <laughs> you know, where there's not really a lot of, not, not a lot of passion going on there. Uh, or at least it's not evident uh, at the time. So today, I want to talk about passionate worship. I want to talk about worship that comes from the deepest parts of our soul, that just, that just bubbles out there. I want to talk about being inspired to, to, and, and worked up. And I don't mean just with emotionality. You know, a lot of our contemporary worship uh, in the last couple hundred years has has been about kind of the emotion. And in fact, it can get pretty manipulative. I was talking to someone yesterday about uh, when I was a youth pastor and I was a guest speaker at a big conference, how I had accidentally worked everyone into a slaying of the spirit. And uh, some of the folks were, were getting the, uh, that got struck with the holy laughter. Well, now this was an unintended consequence of my, my talk, but you know, and I'm not questioning it, but I'm saying that, that sometimes I think we get, it's easy to, it's easy to manipulate people's emotions and produce some feelings. And sometimes I find it a little hard to distinguish. Is this really a, a work of God's Holy Spirit? Is it, or is it just a, a, a real overtaking of one's emotions? And sometimes I think it gets difficult to do that. I'm not talking about just getting emotional. I'm talking about down in our heart, passion for bringing worship before God in a way that is significant, in a way that is life-changing, in a way that draws us closer to God and closer to one another, in a way that inspires us to be more than we are, in a way that connects us to something that says, you know what, this universe is not about me, it is about me in conjunction with a whole lot of other things. We're in a series right now on the, on the five practices of fruitful congregations, the second of which is passionate worship. And you'll see, I got a, this is a passion fruit, if you didn't get that. Um, <laughs> and last week, you know, I forgot to mention this, but the pineapple, the reason I was using a pineapple is because the pineapple is the fruit of hospitality. And we were talking about hospitality, in case you didn't get that, because I forgot to mention it. But today, as you're coming up with ideas on how we as a church can be all about passionate worship, I want you to write your ideas down and, and we'll put them and put it in the basket after church. So that's what that's for. Please uh, do that anytime during the sermon. And, um, but 
so, and I'm basing it on this book by uh, Robert Snazy, a United Methodist bishop, and he says this in, in his book, Worship describes those times we gather deliberately seeking an encounter with God in Christ. We cultivate our relationship with God and with one another as the people of God. We don't attend worship to squeeze God into our lives. We seek to meld our lives into God's. It's time to think less about ourselves and more about faith, less about our own personal agendas and more about God's will for us. We encounter a fresh vision of God's reality in Christ so that God's spirit can reshape our lives and form us into the body of Christ. It's a lot of focus on God. You know, in worship, we practice that greatest commandment given to us by Jesus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. Well, where better to do that than here with the body of Christ together in church? Through worship, God pardons sins, restores relationships, and changes lives. You know, and the Bible tells us a story of a, of a rich man and a tax collector who go to the temple and they worship. And in the midst of that worship, the tax collector pours his repentance out before the Lord. Have mercy on me. And Jesus says, this man walks away justified from this experience in worship. Worship offers us so much, offers us an interpretive lens through which to see the world. I'm going to read a little bit out of the book itself right here. Uh, the regular practice of passionate worship gives people an interpretive lens through which to view the world, helping them see events, relationships, and issues through God's eyes. Among the competing interpretive contexts in which people are immersed, fierce individualism, uh, acquisitive consumerism, intense nationalism, political partisanship, hopeless negativism, naive optimism, worship helps people perceive themselves, their world, their relationships, and their responsibilities in ways that include God's revelation in Christ. The language of the Spirit, love, grace, joy, hope, forgiveness, compassion, justice, community, provides people the means to express interior experience and relational aspirations. Stories of faith, scripture, parables, our own testimonies, deepen perceptions and meaning, and practices of worship, singing, praying, the ordinances, Rehearse connection to God and to others. Under the influence of weekly worship, people practice looking at the world in a different way and rehearse their unique calling as people of God and their unique identity as the body of Christ. Worship, in other words, points us towards inspiration, points us toward, and motivates us to make the world the way God showed us it really could be. So I want to ask the question, what does passionate worship look like for us here at First Baptist Church? The first thing, the first conversation we need to have is that it is not about style. 
And I know I've been playing the guitar up here a little while, a little loud, a little out of tune. But it is not about it is not about worship style. It's not about having the right music, or, or I mean, it is about having the right music. But it's not about the music. It's not about the worship style we engage. We're not, you know, whether we're contemporary or traditional or any of these things. It is about substance and intentionality. Style is just that. Can we, can we admit to one another this? Can we, can we have a moment? Can we have a come to Jesus moment? You know what? Hymns or contemporary music, it's not that one is better than the other. And I know you're going to make, you can make an argument for why hymns are better. And some of you can make an argument as to why you know, rock and roll songs are better. But you know what? It's just a matter of taste. <laughs> it's just a matter of differing tastes and what your soundtrack was when faith was becoming important to you, you know? For, you know, for me, it was Michael W. Smith. For some of you, it was How Great Thou Art. Amen, right? All those great songs. For others, it's, you know, uh, Third Day and, and Newsboys and other names you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. It's just style is just a matter of preference and what we're familiar with. So let's agree that there's not some best, you know, there's not, there's not, that's all that's at stake here is our own personal styles and our own personal things. But what we hope to do in worship as a church here is really expand who, who can access, who can experience worship among us. We don't want to close it off to just a small select group of people who happen to resonate with that particular kind of music. How can we make this an expansive and inclusive community that, uh, my hope is this, is that somewhere during, uh, on every Sunday you come, somewhere during the worship service, you feel God's presence. And I don't, you know, it may not be in everything. It may not be in the sermon, it may not be in the music we sing, it may not be in, in all of those things, but somewhere in the middle of worship, God is going to reach out to you. I promise you that, if you just open to, up to it. I want to read this other book, I'm reading this other book, Christianity for the Rest of Us, a great one by Diane Butler Bass, and I'm just going to read this other thing about, about style. In mainline churches, and, and this woman went around to all these different churches and looked at what mainline churches were doing that worked. And this is what she said. In mainline churches across the country, I listen to music from, from a dizzying number of traditions. African, Caribbean, Native American, African American, classical European, Celtic, jazz, southern folk, gospel, American country, contemplative chant, rock and roll, techno pop, rap. I sang old hymns and new ones, standby praise songs and taize chants. Songs in Spanish and English, French and Latin. I even struggled to learn a couple in Swahili. People played organ, piano, guitar, bra brass, violins, drums, lutes, mandolins, lyres, fiddles, flutes and harps. And once I stood with a congregation while we created a tune by humming. After a while, it all blended together for me, creating a symphony of mainline spirituality in my memory. I realized that the kind of music and art did not matter in worship. Rather, innovation and experimentation mattered. New music or old music done in new ways. People making music everywhere. Playing and celebrating God in their midst. All the people I met and worshipped with linked music and art to spirituality. A way of opening the heart to God. So style is about just that. Opening the heart to God. 
And passionate worship is contextual and authentic. And so what I mean by that is that our style really ought to reflect our style. And I said when I first got here about five months ago, when people asked, well, what kind of music are you into? I said, well, I'm into anything that works, quite frankly. Whatever is going to lead people into an experience with the holy, I, I'm into it. We can play kettle drums and, and uh, you know, reggae music for all I care. But if it's something that is going to drive people into the heart of God, I'm all for it. Let's try it out. Mostly, I think what is appreciated is, is really, you know, trying things that work. And I'm with Diane Butler Bass. I've experienced a lot of different kinds of worship, and quite frankly, I like them all. I grew up with old hymns that I love. I used to go to a convalescent home, and I would preach every once in a while. And we sang those old blood songs and all those old hymns, and I loved them. They were great. So I think it's a matter of what are we doing that is authentic, passionate worship that makes sense here and now, and that comes from our heart. And what I mean by that is let's not do something that doesn't make sense to who we are, but let's do worship that makes sense for us. What does it mean? Let's do worship that makes sense for a a mixed-up, diverse group that comes from a lot of different traditions and a lot of different backgrounds. But let's do worship that's grounded in our Baptist traditions. Let's do worship that reflects our passion for mission and, and social justice. But let's do worship that centers our hearts and minds on the works and the life of Christ. Let's do worship that is authentic and contextual to who we are as a church. Let's do worship that makes sense theologically. I believe it starts, however, passionate worship starts with a sense of expectation. Here's really where the rubber hits the road. I know a lot of us come to worship for a lot of different reasons. Some of us come because, quite frankly, we've been doing it so long we don't know what else to do on a Sunday morning. Some of us come to worship because people we love are here and because we are affirmed here. We come to worship because it's comfortable and it feels like home. We come to, and these are all, these are okay reasons to come here on Sunday morning. I'm okay with that. Come and be a part of all that. We come to worship to, uh, here's some negative reasons to come to worship is because I feel guilty about, uh, uh, about not being in worship or because I'm scared of what God is going to do to me if I don't go to church. Right? These are bad reasons to come to worship. God's not going to punish you if you're not here. I, I shouldn't say that, really. Uh, I have a hard enough time. But, uh, you know, God's not going to punish you if you're not here. Uh, so we've got other reasons to be here. But at the top of it, there ought to be this passionate longing and desire and expectation that when we come together as the body of Christ, when we come together as the children in the family of God, when we come together, God's Spirit is at work. God's Spirit is moving among us and through us and between us and around us and above us. Amen? Passionate worship stirs that up and it reminds us of that and it, and it helps us focus on that. Passionate worship is also full of expectation that when we come together, 
that God feels our love and knows our love and we feel God's love and we feel affirmed in who we are and what we're about. Passionate worship brings us into this communion. In fact, that's why we call it that. Where God and our neighbor and ourselves ultimately, as Jesus says, becomes one. Coming together. You know, I know that sometimes we come here to get our, our cup filled. And that's okay. But you know what? Sometimes, I, my expectation is that sometimes you come with a full cup already. And you're just here to love on Jesus and to love on other people. And to just express that joy you have. And I know sometimes we come and we need to get filled again so that we can go out into that crazy world around us. Inspired and ready to change the world for the better. And passionate worship does that. I pray the passionate worship inspires you and me together to change the world around us. I believe we can usher in that kingdom of God Jesus talks about. A, a, a kingdom, a, a commonwealth of equity, of justice, of love and compassion. But I tell you what, uh, I can't do that just wandering through the woods on Sunday morning. I know a lot of people say this, and I, I, I don't mean to get personal. A lot of people say to me, well, you know, I have my church in nature. I like, I like, I experience God in nature. And I think that's true. But first of all, I doubt they're out having church uh, <laughs> in nature most of the time, you know. But even there, what, what I miss, I mean, I, I wander through the world and I look around at God's glorious kingdom and I say, wow, look at this. I mean, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. But it doesn't inspire me to go out and change the world. What inspires me to go out and change the world is being here with you. You inspire me to go out and change the world. I commune here with you and I worship together with you and I sing songs of praise with you and I think there is nothing we can't do together. Amen? There is nothing we can't do together. Amen? That is what passionate worship offers us. And that's what we bring to passionate worship. If we're going to be a church, we already are a church, but if we're going to be a church that brings people in, that invites people to be among us, and that, em- that encourages people that with the Spirit of God, nothing is impossible. With the Spirit of God, you are loved and lovely and lovable. If we're going to be that kind of church, that kind of church is built on passionate, heartfelt, football-like worship. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you have given us hearts that that love to be passionate, that love to feel things deeply. God, we pray that you will reach into our hearts and give us hearts that long to worship together as a community, knowing that in the context of worship, 
that is authentic, that makes sense, that fits who we are, that fits who you are. But in that context, in that worship, we can do anything. Thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.